Welcome to the GPP podcast for budding politicos, policy wonks, and advocates. I'm Amy Heath Carpentier. And I'm Susan Craig. As career counselors in Washington University's Career Center and co-directors of the Government and Policy Workgroup, we walk alongside burgeoning policy wonks, politicos, and change agents as they chart their paths to change the world. This podcast is for you if you're interested in hearing tips and techniques that will position you to find your place in the fast-moving, mission-driven world of politics, policy, and advocacy. If you've listened to our previous podcasts, and I hope you have, we've talked about how to build a resume for work in the government and advocacy space and the various components of your job and internship search. In this episode, we'll talk about the next important piece of material you'll need to create once you've found jobs and internships that you want to apply for the cover letter. Just like a resume, there is a template for a cover letter. And also similar to a resume, there's a lot of creative license you can take to get your message across. So we will talk about what a cover letter should look like, how to format it, how to address it, how to sign it. The Career Center has a great handout with some examples of what it should look like, but that's the easy part. Yeah, so let's talk about the hard part. And it begins with appreciating the real purpose of a cover letter. First and foremost, in the field of government policy and advocacy, the cover letter is a writing sample. It's your opportunity to demonstrate that you can write clearly, concisely, and persuasively. So expend some effort on it. Edit the heck out of it. Do not let it go beyond a page, but also don't like play around to adjust the margins and make the font size smaller so that it fits either. You can say what you need to say in three tight paragraphs that aren't painful for them to read. Remember, your letter is one of hundreds that they're reviewing. So don't make reading it any more painful for your reader than it all, than the process already is. And here's the other thing to keep in mind before you start typing. The job description is about the job you're applying to. The resume is about you. And the cover letter should be a marriage of the two. It should be as much about the organization as it is about you. This is really, really important. So keep this in mind, and we'll probably remind you of it again. Exactly. (laughs) Many of the cover letters we see tilt towards the applicant more than the organization. Many are also just a narrative version of what's already in your resume. I like to say, you know, process before you write, process outside of the cover letter, right? The cover letter is not there for you to process your your experiences, and we're going to talk about how to do that in a minute. But... Uh, most are just end up coming into us as a narrative version of what's in the resume. This isn't helpful to your reader. Oftentimes, the first person who's reviewing your materials are human resources folks who don't really know down deep what the job actually entails. They may not see how your resume relates to it. If you can write a cover letter that makes it clear that you understand what the qualifications are, that you have them, and that you're interested in doing the job for them, they'll be really excited. There's less need for them to decipher things. You've made their job easier. That's a great way to get your application into the for further review stack. For sure. By carefully conveying how your experiences specifically align to those desired qualifications, you're also making it clear that you want this job with this organization, not just a job. The all-purpose cover letter is sure to get you into that reject stack. Exactly. So don't think you're going to write a cover letter, and that's going to be the one you're going to yeah. use throughout this, you know, this this semester. It's just not going to work that way. 
Yeah. So here is our advice for how to write an amazing cover letter. Assuming you've already done your research on the organization, the first thing you should do is print out the job description. Then this probably goes without saying, but you should read it carefully. Underline the key qualifications that they're looking for and anything that you think is a really great match for you and your skills. And then pick three things that you think are both critical for success in the job and that you can speak to. The next, we want you to do some of that processing that Amy was mentioning. Pull back from your resume and think about your experiences in a more holistic way. Exactly. You need to get a bird's eye view on your experiences and the position so that you can show that and be explicit about that to the position, um, to the HR people looking at the position. So this we don't often do this, but it's really important to take that 3,000 foot uh, view on reflection. So we have a tool that we use with students for this. Um, we will attach it to the podcast. Basically, it is a tool where you can think about your stories and then think about your skills, knowledge, and abilities you've built and start to make some connections between those. So we'll attach that for you to use. So just to give you an, a really um, an example to help you understand how this works. If the three qualifications that you pull from the job description are writing, working with a team, and attention to detail, think about some stories where you've demonstrated these skills. Perhaps you wrote some constituent correspondence in a Hill internship and you're writing a senior thesis. These items are surely already on your resume. So in your cover letter, instead of repeating them, you could talk about your writing skills in a more cumulative way. And you can also demonstrate that you understand the nature of the writing that you'd be expected to do in the position. So for instance, if the position says that you'd be expected to contribute to the blog, you could talk about how writing for both an academic and a more politically oriented audience gives you experience writing under tight timelines and in response to current events. This shows that you understand the nature of the work you'll be expected to do, and it will also just stand out from all those other hover letters that are detailing the things that they've written without really reflecting on how they relate to the job. So earlier I said, we're not just going to have one cover letter that we're going <laughs> to edit up um, and send to a bunch of different places. However, if you do this reflection right, you're going to end up with a number of these sorts of pre-written paragraphs about writing, communication, data management, analysis, whatever it is. And likely, you're going to be applying to internships or jobs where there will be some overlap, right, in what skills you want to use. Hopefully, you are highlighting skills that you enjoy and are good at and are going for jobs that want those skills. So there's going to be some overlap. So you can start with a master pre-written document. The key is to have that document separate and to tailor, copy and paste and tailor those paragraphs in each cover letter to the positions you're writing in, to project into the position what you've done in the past. Not just to say, I can do it for you, but also I see you want X and I've done it in Y space. So you're projecting a bit. That's the best cover letter. Yeah. As this, as Susan has said, remember, it's as much about them as it is about you. There it is. <laughs> Our big takeaway repeated. All right. So let's, um, let's talk about that easier part now, Amy, yeah. um, the formatting, because I think you have some really good advice about how to address the letter. 
Exactly. So, you know, we don't often write business letters. I mean, I think the only time I write really business letters anymore is when I'm writing letters of recommendation for students <laughs> going to grad school or something. But this should be a business letter because in government policy advocacy, you are often writing business letters um, or at least more professional looking letters. So you want to include at the top your address, the organization's address, even if you're submitting it electronically. It shows that you have a touch of professionalism, you understand what a business letter should look like, and you just can Google business letter and it'll come up. Yeah. Any examples? And I think um, I've seen a number of students who put their, who use that header space and, and make it more of like a letterhead and they put their information oh, up that. on top. And that's, I think that's a really nice touch. It looks really good and it also saves some valuable space. And then the next thing is to whom do you address this letter? Um, so many will lead with dear hiring manager or to whom it may concern. Man, man, it's <laughs> it's fine, but it's also really boring. You can do better than that. Do a little digging. So check the website or LinkedIn and see who the internship coordinator or hiring manager is. Sometimes in the job description, it'll actually say, you know, um, reports to X. Go to the organization's page on LinkedIn and look to see if you can find that title and the person's name. If it's a think tank, you can always aim a little high. Put the person who is the director of that program at the think tank. Put, you know, if you don't know who is running the um, internship program in a congressional office, it's better to put down the chief of staff than no one, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. It shows that you did a little research and you won't get faulted if you're a little off. No one's going to really be that worried about that. Um, check the website, LinkedIn, put in a name in there, shows that it's more than a stock cover letter. It's like the first indication that you've done more. And then in the first paragraph, if you reinforce that with some really great info about how you've been following their work or you've read this that they published or this, they just got this grant, you are showing that you've targeted them. Yeah. And they love that. So let's talk about that first paragraph. That is the most important part of the letter. It is likely the, it may be the only thing that they read of the letter. Exactly. So you really want to make your point clear and concisely. So don't start by saying, I'm a major at this university. Uh, that is so easily discerned from your resume. And it's also what every other cover letter starts with. So um, <laughs> the first thing on your resume. <laughs> right, right. So steer clear of that. The opening paragraph should make clear that your passions and interests overlap with their mission, that you have this shared interest and you want to contribute to the work they're doing around it. It's really important, important to make it about them here, which remember is our key point. So, you know, lots of students tend to make the cover letter. They kind of reference how the position will help them. And I got to tell you, they don't really care about how it's going to no. help you. They want to know that you're the right person to further their mission. So make it about the mission and how you can contribute. And then those three skills that you identified from the job description, name those here and, and talk about why those are the three skills you're gonna to bring to the, to the task. And then use the following three paragraphs to flesh out your examples. And in doing the closing, you don't need to tell them. So that's the last line. Sometimes these go on and on. You don't need that to be the case. Now, I'm a wordy writer, and Susan is very concise. So she always is, like, ripping these long paragraphs out of stuff. 
that's great because the reality is they don't have time for it. So what you want to do in the closing, you don't need to tell them you're available if they need additional information. They know that. You don't need to tell them that you look forward to hearing from them. They know that too. Those ending sentences can convey very little substance. You don't need to put a lot in there. Show that you value their time by ending the letter succinctly. Thank you for your consideration is a nice, concise closing. Then include an image of your signature. So you can write your signature um, on something, scan it. Uh, You could use your phone. You can use whatever, take a picture of it, and then make a JPEG of it or, or another, you know, an image file that you can easily upload and put in the, at the end of the cover letter. We know right now you're not signing and scanning, but having that little image at the end is just a nice, like more warm way of Mm -hmm. closing out. Yeah. Okay. So this might sound like a lot of work. It is. Um, This is why the targeting and networking that we've talked about in previous episodes is so important. If you've done all that legwork, you are not going to be writing 50 cover letters. You're going to be doing far fewer. And we should also remind you that the knowledge that you gain from those informational interviews that you're doing earlier, make sure you reflect on that in your cover letters. If you have talked to someone in the organization that you're applying to, make sure you mention that. It's another great way to demonstrate that you're interested in this job at their organization, not just any job. Further, just remember that we have alum that come in during the academic year via Zoom every Friday at one, and you can drop those names too. So if you're applying to an organization that um, you attended an event with at WashU or through the, and through the government policy work group and you met an alum that way, you can put in there, you know, an alum spoke to our organization. Mm-hmm. Don't say they recommend you. That's a very different thing. But you can put in there that you've learned more about the organization. Okay. So if you take these tips to heart, your application will stand out in the towering stack. We've talked to many human resources folks from across government policy advocacy and know kind of what they're looking for. So next time, we'll talk about the next thing you need to do um, to prepare for your application, which is to get the writing sample together. So until then, keep working to imprint your world. Take care.